Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this edition of Wrestlers with Experience. I'm your host, Mark Knight, one half of the elaborate tag team with Dietrich Davis and myself. And uh, we're here bringing you some very interesting content. So now, you know, without getting into so much stuff, because we all know about the coronavirus and, um, you know, we're wishing for everybody a speedy recovery and we're wishing for the nation and the world to get back into um, normalcy at this time. We kind of got to play it safe and we got to keep everything indoors. So therefore, I won't be able to sit with Dietrich inside of our usual recording place to um, record our podcast. So what we're doing is we're separating everything. We're chopping things up and we're giving everybody some content. And one of the things that I'm charged for doing is uh, I'm going to give you guys a focus on what I like to talk about best. That's the National Wrestling Alliance and New Japan Pro Wrestling. Or for that matter, anything out of the world of Japan. But um, I'm going to focus on New Japan Pro Wrestling because that's like my go-to along with the National Wrestling Alliance. Now, interestingly enough, the topic I'm going to talk about today is actually based on um, two men who are synonymous with not only uh, the IWGP Heavyweight Championships, but with the NWA World Heavyweight title as well. And I'm going to focus on a match from Fukuoka, Japan in 1992. And it is featuring the great Muda defending the IWGP Heavyweight Championship and the greatest 18 heavyweight titles against Shinya Hashimoto. And this was at the Fukuoka Arena in um, Fukuoka, Japan. So this match featured the two top wrestlers in New Japan Pro Wrestling in 1992. The three Herald Three Musketeers were at the top of the card. The Three Musketeers consisted of Shinya Hashimoto, the challenger for the title, the champion, uh, the Great Muda, also known as Muto Keiji, and Masahiro Chono. Now, Hashimoto, who would go on to challenge Muda and defeat him for the IWGP belt, was the challenger that night. Muda, for those of you who know of him, was riding a huge wave of success in New Japan Pro Wrestling. After his um, return from America, from his training journey or excursion uh, in World Championship Wrestling at the time, which was brought out by uh, Ted Turner and TBS. Now, being on this American television, and he was managed by the late, great Gary Hart. Muda went on to become associated with his huge rivalry with Sting, and then the men clashed over the NWA World Television Championship in 1989. Then after his return back to New Japan Pro Wrestling, Muda would compete back and forth between his two personas, his Keiji Muto persona and his Great Muda persona. Winning the IWGP tag belts with Hiroshi Hase in 1991 from the Steiner Brothers, but then later would go on to not only <clears throat> become a threat to the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. He defeated Ricky Choshu for not only that belt, but for the Greatest 18 Championship as well. Here's an interesting fact. Muda went on to um win the went on to compete for the NWA World Heavyweight title in 1991. And at that time the belt was being held by Masahiro Chono. And in 1993 in January, he went on to win the title, becoming the third of seven Japanese wrestlers to win the NWA World Heavyweight title. <clears throat> and later on, I'll get into talking about all seven wrestlers who went on to hold the NWA Championship. So now, why did I choose this match? 
I chose this match because I'm a fan of both Hashimoto and Muda. In the 1990s, both men set the standard for New Japan Pro Wrestling. At the time, both wrestlers were very popular. With Muda going back and forth as both a heel and a babyface, um, or as a tweener as we like to call it, um, and Hashimoto was the babyface in this contest. Both guys put on a very strong match. They beat the living tall out of each other. They beat the hell out of each other. And that's what was expected in this match. Muda definitely, um, with his belts on the line, would do anything that he needed to do to successfully retain the IWGP and the Greatest 18 Championships. It was a great contest um, with Muda hitting the vaulting body press or the moonsault on Hashimoto to get the three count to retain the heavyweight title. And um, he would go on to drop or relinquish the Greatest 18 Championship so that he can focus on his title defenses against um, all of the challengers for the IWGP championship. Now, at the time, all of the challengers that was going after the belt at the time, you had Cho Shu, you had um, looking for his rematch, you had Fujinami looking for matches, you had uh, Sasaki Kensuke looking for matches, you also had um, <clears throat> Hashimoto as well, and several other wrestlers gunning for that title one of those uh title defenses of course was the uh match against him and hakushi for the um iwgp belt now hakushi is known as uh sasaki jinsuke um from ichinoku pro wrestling and for his fame in the wwe they were known for having this really nasty bloodbath um which was so bloody the match ended up becoming what they would call the muda scale which um Shows a whole, you know, a lot of bleeding inside the match. It was very good. It was a good match. But um, like I said, Muda would go on to focus on defending the IWGP belt. And later on then, um, 1993, he would go on to beat the other musketeer, Masuchono, for the NWA World Heavyweight title. Making uh, Muda, like I said, the um, one of the few to hold the NWA and the IWGP championships at the same time. Um, the first one to do that was uh, WWE Hall of Famer Tatsumi Fujinami. But let's talk about what's been going on with these guys. Now, Hashimoto was uh, also representing the Huntai or the, uh, the New Japan Army against the NWO Typhoon heel stable. Now, um, Muda, he played a huge part in this as well. But you can see how these guys' careers are pretty much tied in together. Uh, Muda played his part pretty well, similar to the way that Randy Savage uh, played his role in the uh, American version of the New World Order. Not knowing whether or not he was going to be a part of the NWO or going against the NWO. Muda was doing exactly that. But in the midst of this... It was Hashimoto who would go on to lead the um, charge along with wrestlers like Yuji Nagata, Riki Choshu, Manabu Nakanishi, and Sasaki Kensuke, who were the top um, Japanese wrestlers at the time looking to re-procure the IWGP Championship belt back to the New Japan stable, the Hontai stable, and so forth. Like I said, um, Hashimoto was the hero. 
Now, it brought me back to a time after watching this match when I became fully aware of Japanese pro wrestling. And that was just not only through trading tapes and whatnot, but playing the video games and stuff like that. But to actually be able to relive this memory and the energy of this match, um, it meant a lot. And it was really exciting. In fact, it was so good when I saw it, you know, I couldn't help but not but watch it again. And I highly recommend this as um, many of the old school matches um, that you can find on um, the New Japan Pro Wrestling World uh, website. So you can go to that app and you can watch it and you can watch many other matches as well, including this one. Now, Hashimoto and Muda, like I said, are of seven Japanese wrestlers to have gone on to hold the NWA championship. And not only that. Um, they joined the ranks of Giant Baba, Nao Ogawa, Chono, um, Satoshi Kojima, and uh, Hiroshi Tenzan. Um, these guys went on to do some great things, not only as um, IWGP champions, but, um, you know, the NWA world champion, with the exception of Giant Baba, of course, you know, um, if you don't know Giant Baba's history, of course, he was the founder of um, All Japan Pro Wrestling, and he's also um, the dojo trainee with um, Antonio Inoki, they both came in at the same time, and they trained under Ricky Choshu, I mean, excuse me, not Ricky Choshu, um, Ricky Dozan. I was about to get slapped for that, for making a mistake like that. But yes, it was Ricky Dozen, um, one of the greatest uh, founders of Japanese pro wrestling of all time. Both him and Inoki were um, dojo mates at the same time for the Japan Wrestling Federation. But like I said, these guys have a history of um, being the NWA world champion of the, of the Japanese uh, orientation. These guys did a damn good job as champion. Now, I'm going to give you guys a fun fact about the um, Greatest 18 Championship belt. The Greatest 18 Championship is a title that was founded by Antonio Inoki for his 30-year um, anniversary as a pro wrestler. The belt itself actually goes back to the um, lineage of the WWF World Martial Arts title. This was a championship that was given to Antonio Inoki when he made his debut for the Worldwide Wrestling Federation in the early 70s. And this was a precursor up until, at that point, the precursor to the match between him and Muhammad Ali in the uh, Herald and not-so-Herald um, boxer versus wrestling match, which many would consider the very first MMA contest um, throughout the entire world. Although these matches have been kind of taking place for many, many years. But this was a big match on the big stage. And um, it really meant a lot for Inoki to have this match against Ali, who was the world's champion of boxing. Inoki wanted to take on everybody, every world champion from every sport to prove that wrestling was, the, was and is the strongest sport in the world. So now, it represents a Hall of Fame. It was a defendable Hall of Fame. That's never been done before. Um, the belt represented um, Inoki's greatest opponents, which included himself, NWA World's Champion Luthez, Carl Gotch, who many would consider the god of professional wrestling, AWA World's Champion Nick Bockwinkle, and Hall of Famer, of course, uh, Johnny Powers, who was the founder of the NWF, 
who incidentally Inoki brought the NWF from Johnny Powers and also brought and was defending the NWF Heavyweight Championship belt on the uh, New Japan cards before the inception of the IWGP Heavyweight title. Johnny Valentine, the father of Greg the Hammer Valentine, former U.S. Heavyweight Champion. Andre the Giant, of course, everyone knows the eighth wonder of the world, former uh, tag team champion, former world heavyweight champion of the WWE. Stan Hansen, um, who at the time was uh, notoriously known for breaking um, Bruno San Martino's neck, but he would go on to become a big star in Japanese pro wrestling. He went on to become the AWA world champion, the NWA US champion, um, the All Japan heavyweight champion and world tag team champion as well. Wim Ruska, I think he was a martial artist. Uh, England's Billy Robinson, the greatest submission wrestler to ever come out of England. Hiro Matsuda, one of the best junior heavyweight wrestlers of all time. And also um, one of the third guys to come into the dojo to train with Inoki um, once he started New Japan Pro Wrestling. The legendary Bob Backlund, of course, the three-time World Wrestling Entertainment Heavyweight Champion of the World. Um, who Inoki actually beat for the WWE title, uh, but surrendered the belt back to Inoki. I mean, surrendered the belt back to Bob Backlund um, after a cloudy loss. Um, Tiger Jeet Singh, who was one of Inoki's greatest rivals, um, was a part of this club, but he was replaced by um, three-time NWA World Heavyweight Champion, the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes. Everybody knows of Dusty Rhodes' fame, of course. Uh, Muhammad Ali, like I mentioned earlier before, um, hands down, uh, many would say, and I think in Inoki's book, will probably say that he was one of his greatest rivals. Uh, Seki Sakaguchi, who was um, Inoki's tag team partner in uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling throughout the uh, start of the um, organization. They were also the North American tag team champions for... Um, the Japan Wrestling Federation and uh, New Japan as well. They defended those North American tag belts there. Strong Kobayashi. Vern Gagne, of course, the founder and 10-time AWA World Champion, of course. And last, but certainly not least, Hulk Hogan. A man who <clears throat> Inoki has had huge matches with. And, of course, these were the two that fought over the very first um, IWGP League Championship, where Hogan knocked out Inoki uh, outside to win the match and to be presented with the belt. But with that being said, you can check out these matches and you can also see some of these uh, bouts on the uh, New Japan site if you want to see that and more. And um, before we go, I just want to mention to everybody that I just want you guys to keep your head up during this time. Although right now there's a close <clears throat> on the Japanese wrestling scene. You can go to New Japan Pro Wrestling if you are a subscriber to the New Japan Pro Wrestling site. Um, you can catch up and watch everything that's been going on all the way up to the point of the um, New Beginning shows which was the last set of events that was done for New Japan Pro Wrestling back in February of this year. Um, you will be able to see some of the uh, matches, which would include everything from Wrestle Kingdom 
all the way up to the New Year's Dash, the Tiger Hattori retirement ceremony, the Jushin Thunder Liger retirement ceremony, the Manabu Nakanishi retirement ceremony. So those are of the last of the in-ring stuff that you guys can watch from New Japan Pro Wrestling World. But um, you can also watch a lot of the interview segments that the New Japan Pro Wrestling talent has been doing since um, the COVID-19 virus has um, hit that nation. But last but certainly not least, once again, I just want to say on behalf of wrestlers with experience, we will do everything in our ability and our power to give you guys, the listeners, um, some of the best content that we can give you guys. Um, I'm going to make it the personal mission myself to put in a lot of effort and uh, time to help create a lot of this content myself along with Dietrich Davis, so we can give you fans, the listeners, exactly what you're looking for during this time. So you'll have some stuff to listen to, man. So not only will you get a perspective from myself, but you'll get Dietrich's perspective as well as on what's what's going on with the um, the American scene as far as World Wrestling Entertainment and All Elite Wrestling. So if you do, please go back, listen to the, uh, the show that Dietrich put up. It was a powerful thing regarding about how he felt about the uh, empty arena shows and um, giving his take on that. And I, again, I urge you guys just to continue to support us, continue to listen, listening to Wrestlers With Experience, spread the word around and about. Please hit us up on our social media, uh, Mark Morell at um, Facebook.com. You can check me out there. You can also go to my Instagram page, M double 44 and on Twitter. Since uh, that's still active, you can check me out there. You can ask me questions there as well um, on uh, the, the, well, my God, it's uh, XM Nightbuster. So you can definitely hit me there on Twitter and uh, hit up Dietrich on Dietrich Davis and demand at um, Twitter.com as well. So we thank you once again for listening to our version of Wrestlers with Experience. And um, we're going to give you guys some more content. So uh, be on the lookout for the next um, segment that I'm going to do for you guys. And I'll talk to you guys soon. Take care and have a good one.